Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. Welcome back to the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. If we want to make contact with aliens from other planets, then the best way is for us to reach out to them to visit us, as we don't have any capabilities for interstellar travel yet. But that means that any aliens would have to be able to notice and hear us, and that is becoming much harder. It's often been thought that the best way for aliens to find us is for them to hear some of our radio and TV broadcasts, and so realize that there is intelligent life on our planet. However, with more and more digital broadcasting, satellite connections and listening online, there is less cosmic noise in the form of radio waves from big TV transmitters for aliens to notice and so come and find us. Of course, intelligent life that can travel through space at the speed of light might be able to pick up on our internet and satellite listening habits, but for the time being, it's another good reason to listen to the science blog on the real radio airwaves. If you think of dinosaurs roaming the Earth millions of years ago, what color do you imagine them to be? Up till now, we haven't really known for sure, and so assume that they were probably a gray color, like an elephant. But in new research from the UK, scientists have detected the original coloring of some dinosaurs using a new technique that identifies fossilized cell pigments. Fossils have revealed virtually all we know about dinosaurs, but their color has been left to our imagination. Although only a few dinosaurs have been color-coded so far, some have been found to be a red or brown color, possibly with stripy tails. It is also possible that some dinosaurs actually had feathers too, though it's unsure why, if they were for warmth, camouflage, or even communication. No, T-Rex wasn't flying through the trees, but if a few more fossils are found, then we may be able to see what color he and she was. What's the connection between a bat and a whale? Hard to imagine, isn't it? As one is small, land-living and flies, whilst the other is massive, lives in the ocean and swims. But scientists have just found a connection between the two, which might help our understanding of how life has evolved. Both whales and bats home in on their prey by emitting sound waves and then sensing the reflections. And a new study has shown that in both animals, the same protein has evolved in the same way to make that possible. The protein, called Prestin, helps to amplify incoming sound waves in the inner ear and is used differently in different mammals. But the way that bats and whales have evolved to use it is the same. That has surprised researchers who didn't expect to find similarities in such distantly related groups of animals. If you travel by plane anywhere, you will always have to go through scanners at the airport to make sure you're not carrying guns or bomb-making materials. But what if those scanners could actually read your mind? 
That is a concept being developed by a company in the US at the moment as an extra security precaution to make terrorists more visible to security forces. The machines wouldn't actually read your mind, but would be able to detect a reaction to a stimulus. The theory is that people can't help reacting, even if only slightly, to familiar images that suddenly appear in unfamiliar places. The reaction could be a darting of the eyes, an increased heartbeat, a nervous twitch, or faster breathing. The new scanner would rely mostly on hidden cameras and biometric sensors that can detect slight changes in body temperature and heart rate. So at the moment, your thoughts are still private. The great hope for power generation in the coming centuries is fusion power, crushing together tiny lightweight atoms into heavier ones with a huge release of energy as a result. It's a dream that scientists have had for decades and would result in almost limitless power with virtually no harmful waste products. The problem is that so far, in order to fuse the atoms together, you need to put in far more energy than you get out, so using this method as a means to generate power doesn't make sense. But in the last few weeks, scientists have announced that in controlled fusion experiments at the National Ignition Facility in California, they've been making good progress, and they expect some big announcements later this year. They've been firing 192 really strong laser beams at an object the size of a pea and have nearly got the balanced equation to work so that they get more energy out than they put in. Even so, if this does happen this year, then it would still be decades before the process could be used commercially to generate electricity. But for now, at least, it's still a great hope. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the Science Blog for another week. See you next time. Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time, Podcast On Demand.